Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Millennialism, the podcast where I, Adam Gavin, talk to entrepreneurs, creatives, friends, academics, and other interesting people about topics ranging from social media, business, pop culture, personal development, health, and much, much more. This week, I'm joined by Jackson Burden, a training coach and personal trainer based all the way over in Auckland, New Zealand. Jackson is also an MNU certified nutritionist and runs his own gym, Jack's Fitness, which focuses on, in his own words, inspiring smart fitness and a rad gym culture. In this episode, we talk a lot about vegan and plant-based diets, how to make sure you get all the nutrition you need, how to thrive on it, and what inspired us to ditch meat in favor of plants. Jackson also clarifies some common misconceptions about veganism and shares some great information that will save you a ton of research time. I had such a great time talking to Jackson, and he truly is living proof that a vegan diet is not only better from an environmental and in most cases ethical perspective, but that in combination with a proper training, you can actually achieve the physique of a Greek god. <laughs> just look at Jackson himself. And if you don't believe me, just head over to his Instagram page at jackson.burden and see for yourself. As always, you can find the links to every social media account and everything else we talk about in the description. Thanks again for listening. Please subscribe, rate, share, and all that. But first, enjoy this conversation with Jackson Burton. All right, welcome to the show, Jackson. Good to, good to see you. Good to have you here. Man, I'm happy to be here, man. Super excited. Let's do it. I found you a couple of months ago, actually, on Instagram, and I've kind of been, um, I just started following you on Instagram, but I saw you a couple of months ago on Journey Retreat's Instagram page, and, and, uh, and I, I know, I saw that you're following, following Simon Hill as well, uh, yep. which is someone I've been following for a long time, uh, and I wanted to have you here today because I know you're a vegan you're a nutritionist and fitness trainer, so I, I'm really excited to have you here. But uh, can you just give a short bio of yourself, like where you're from, where do you live, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, so I'm from Auckland, New Zealand, so uh, down in the southern hemisphere, down under as people like to call it. And uh, yeah, I've been here my whole life. I run a gym over here called Jack's Fitness Gym. I do training and nutrition, um, online coaching, um, and I am vegan, yeah, so I'm all about the vegan lifestyle, eating plant-based, uh, and really just enjoying a healthy and, and fit-oriented lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, that's pretty much it, man. Um, that's pretty much my life is what I'm all about, is what I'm passionate about, and super excited to chat more about that today with you, bro. Yeah, nice. How long have you been a nutrition and training coach? Um, I've been well, I've been in the industry since 2013, so we're going on sort of seven-ish years now um, as a personal trainer. And then over the last probably two-ish years, I've done a lot more study around nutrition, so I can offer that more as a, a service to my clients. Um, and yeah, so about seven plus years. Uh, prior to that, I was into fitness, but not to the extent of being in the industry. I started off in the army, um, which sort of started off my sort of fitness um interests and then decide hey look i'm gonna make some money from this um i want to be in the gym all day anyway so i decided to hey I'll, I'll become a personal trainer as most people do um and then from there i sort of just took on uh, more and more and decided to start my own gym and, and kick that off and now i'm into uh, a much more of the um I guess the vegan and plant-based space as well uh, which is becoming very very uh popular in 2020. i was listening to another podcast published that you were on it was it was on youtube and you said that you used to be like a big 
big you know love uh, you used to love eating meat which i mean i did as well before i started to like get into veganism or at least vegetarianism like a couple of years back cool. um but what what made you change um and what made you ditch like meat and uh move over to yeah. a vegan diet yeah yeah good question man so for me um yeah absolutely i grew up a big meat eater like probably everybody did it's just the social norm it's what we've been taught right so grew up eating everything um, around animal products and it sort of didn't make that connection between what was on my plate and where it was coming from. I've always been a massive animal lover as well. We've grown up with animals in the home and um, we love, you know, we love all kinds of animals and um, we have big connections with them. But just not making that connection from sort of plate to um, to where that sort of originated from. And for me, I sort of, what made me a little bit more aware of sort of where my food was coming from or maybe just making some different um, thoughts about this was I think I watched it's hard to think back now but I think I watched initially I watched the documentary Cowspiracy which I'm sure you've mm. seen yeah um, yeah for sure yeah a really a really interesting sort of perspective on how the animal agriculture industry is affecting our environment and that sort of opened my eyes and on the spot I was like okay I'm gonna go vegan right now like it's gonna be it's gonna happen but most of the time that you know you you come away from a documentary like that you're inspired you want to do something and you might make some small changes but it doesn't equal lasting change um so i think from that point on i might have tried to i think i might have gone pescatarian so basically i would eat only fish um and eggs and dairy was still in there however i cut out all meat products um and so that was what I sort of did for a while and then I was sort of influenced by I think a couple of my clients were vegan or vegetarian at the time um, and they recommended to watch a, another documentary called Earthlings which is a mm-hmm. lot more about the animal welfare side of things and, and how factory farming and certain practices within you know, different industries whether it's uh, you know, laboratories, science, whether it's um, the leather industry, the, cos- uh, the clothing, cosmetic industry um, and how those are affecting animals. And I watched that and to be honest, couldn't finish it. It's very, very hard to watch um, just because I have such a connection to animals and to see the you know, the level of suffering that they go through to provide products for the human race. Um, at that moment, I decided, hey, look, absolutely, vegetarian is the way to go. Mm-hmm. So I've been vegetarian, you know, for, I was vegetarian for probably a year or so um, and never had an intention of going vegan at all, to be honest. Um, my girlfriend at the time was vegan um, and she had, you know, she sort of let me do my thing and let me come around to it when I wanted to. Um, but it wasn't until I, I sort of had no issue with, you know, dairy. I, I drank a lot of dairy in terms of protein shakes and I love ice cream and things like this. So massive part of my diet was dairy based. Um, but it wasn't until I started to research and look a little bit more deeper into the dairy industry and, you know, how we're subjecting these, uh, these animals to a level of, um, a level of suffering that I was not, uh, you know, consciously, I couldn't sort of put my money towards that and I couldn't support that with my funds. So I decided, Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm going to give this vegan thing a go, did a 30 day vegan uh, challenge for myself. It wasn't sort of with anybody else. It was just my own sort of thing. I documented that um, just for some of the members at the gym here and sort of showed them how I was doing it. And um, yeah, I mean, once the 30 days are up, you know, might as well carry on, right? You've already created those habits. You've already, you know, put those things in place that you need to, to ensure, uh, you know, uh, you can eat a healthy vegan diet. And so just carried on from there. Um, But yeah, initially it was sort of just being made aware of different things. I think a lot of, uh, specifically a lot of millennials today are very um, keen on learning and 
understanding different things that are happening within the world and why they're happening and just being aware of, um, you know, different sort of structures and social norms that we've been subjected to. Um, and then sort of calling those out and maybe making their own decisions on what they want to believe and what they want to follow. So I think that was definitely my mindset as well. And, and, and sort of jumping into veganism has opened my eyes to a range of other things and social issues that I uh, are now aware, are aware of. I want to sort of jump more on board with and learn more. So it's just, uh, yeah, it opens the door to so many different areas. Yeah, for sure. I, it's funny. Like I have a pretty similar kind of transition into, I'm not a hundred percent vegan right now. I would say I'm probably around like 90%. I still eat the occasional ice cream and, yeah. and, um, stuff like that. But I, I was kind of the same for me. Like I moved into a house with a couple of friends like we were like five people in the house. Three of them were like vegetarian, basically vegan. And um, when, it, when you're around people like that, you start kind of questioning, you know, what you're doing yourself because you've been raised to, you know, with the, you, you get the same, you eat whatever your parents ate or whatever they served you. And then suddenly you live like by yourself and you start questioning more. And as you right. said, like with the cowspiracy and there were, there's been a lot of good, really good documentaries in the last couple of years, even though some of them have been a little bit controversial, I suppose, just Absolutely. because they're like kind of challenging the norm. Um, yes. And I kind of started when I got started, it was more for from like an environmental perspective, I think. But mm. as I kind of learned more about it and I read this book like two years ago called Eating Animals. I don't know if you've yeah. read it. Um, and that kind of um, after I read that, I kind of it was I also it encouraged me to go fully vegan um, almost just because it, it like besides only being for the environmental factors it was also because like from a moral standpoint like i yeah. felt um after i read that book it was it, i don't know it's it just it kind of shines a light on the meat industry as you know it's not really pretty so um yeah it's yeah it was definitely absolutely inspiring. Mm. um so I just, I just want to start with something basic that i even though i'm basically vegan myself i don't really know this uh what is the difference between eating vegan and and plant-based yeah, it's a good question, and it's um, probably one that does create some discussion and possibly some controversy from different people. I think people have different opinions on what those the differences between those two are. Um, for myself, I look at it as in veganism is more of a philosophy and a lifestyle um, based around reducing, not eliminating because that's impossible, but reducing as much as possible the... Um, the exploitation of animals in all areas right so like we talked about before it's not just the food on your plate it's also hey like, do you have are you buying leather shoes are you buying um uh, makeup or cleaning products that have been tested on animals or have animal products in them um, there's a whole range of things that come into veganism and that sort of philosophy but it's all about you know reducing the yeah the uh, suffering and the exploitation of animals um, unnecessarily right so that is more of a philosophy and and, and a lifestyle based decision and and usually most people who choose veganism is going to be in relation to uh more of an ethical perspective, possibly, uh, you know, usually around animal welfare side of things. However, plant-based, on the other hand, is not, of course, like the name implies, it's not strictly 100% animal product free, but it's generally, you know, there's a sliding scale there and no one has a, de a definite definition of what plant-based in terms of how much animal products you allow in your diet is. Um, but generally, you know, people have a sliding scale from sort of, you know, 80 to 80 to 100 uh, sorry, 80 to 
100% of their diet coming from plants uh, would mm-hmm. be considered sort of plant-based. Um, and usually people go plant-based, well, it's going to be for a number of reasons. You know, it might be for health reasons or like yourself uh, for the environmental side of things. Um, or now there's a lot of uh, a lot of people doing it for the maybe the performance aspects of it. Um, and I think that's probably in relation to the latest movie, The Game Changers. Um, but generally, uh, plant-based sort of relates more to those aspects as opposed to more the ethical side of things and generally people who choose veganism they're going to be choosing it for um, they're going to be convicted right they're going to be convicted by the animal industry and what it's doing and they're going to want to eliminate or reduce as i said um, animal products from their diet as much as possible and from their general day-to-day life as as well yeah i think when i kind of made the transition the a lot of my friends were I guess I'm not sure if concern is the right word, but they were kind of skeptical towards because I've been an athlete my whole life. I played tennis for 17, 18 years. Wow. Um, and, and um, you know, it's the same thing, like, as you said, mentioned with the, the movie, The Game Changers. I feel like a lot of people, especially athletes or people that go to the gym, that their main like skepticism about veganism is that they're not going to get enough protein. Yes. Um, but so how... What are the pillars of a plant-based diet? Like, how do you, um, wh- what do you eat for protein and make to make sure that you have like a balanced diet? Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a good point. I mean, because if you're whether you're vegan or plant-based, look, you can be vegan or plant-based, and you can be super unhealthy, just like you can be on an omnivorous diet and be unhealthy, right? Um, it's about choosing the right foods and the quantities and qualities of foods as well. Um, so generally, we want to we want to look at a whether it's a vegan or plant-based diet, we want to look at it. Um, with the same perspective of a whole food plant-based or a whole food vegan diet. So yeah, you want to have a whole food uh, sort of focus and that means sort of 80 plus percent of your diet coming from whole foods, generally foods that have come out of the ground, least, the least packaging, the better, the least processing, the better. That way you're getting a, a full amount of the micronutrients, minerals, vitamins, phytonutrients, all of those things that you're, you're wanting to get from your food, you're getting them in their whole form, along with super important parts of those foods, such as the fiber. And you know, generally, most people in the Western world are going to be fiber deficient. They're getting not enough fiber because of the amount of processed foods they're eating. Generally, that means they're stripping away the fiber from the foods. Um, so generally, if you're eating whole foods, you're going to be you know, you can be jacking that fiber up, which is going to be super helpful for blood glucose control. It's going to be super helpful for your uh, gut microbiome. Um, it's going to be keeping you full and keeping you satiated, which means you're going to eat less calories and then reduce you know, the strain on your body in terms of excess weight. So those are the um, the big ones for me is, you know, making sure that's a whole food plant-based diet. That doesn't mean you can't include some packaged foods here and there, have some ice cream, you know, go out for a burger or whatnot. Generally, you want most of your foods to be whole food. Um, and then in terms of like the the big sort of rocks here, you know, we're talking about calorie intake is going to be super important. If you're looking at, you know, any kind of, of diet, especially a vegan diet, a lot of people will find that they'll go onto the vegan diet and they will possibly lose weight, right? Um, or they might start to lose muscle mass or think they're losing muscle mass and things like this and generally that's if they haven't had a a a good hard look into what they're eating and into how much they're eating so if we look at calorie intake if you're eating enough calories in your diet then usually you're going to be getting enough of those micronutrients vitamins but also the macronutrients which are the you know the big sort of ones we're looking at 
carbohydrates, fats. Okay, so if someone's eating enough calories to maintain their body, then sure, they're probably going to be getting enough protein to to uh, you know sustain normal day to day function. However, as an athlete, you know if you are playing tennis or if you're in the gym or you wanted to maximize muscle growth, things like this, then yeah, there's going to be a need for a slightly increased protein intake. Uh, but for the general population, if though if that is that if that's not their goal, if they're eating a whole food plant based diet. Um, and they get enough calories to maintain body weight, then they're not really going to have to worry too much about it. Um, but for myself and for the clients that I work with, we dive a little deeper into nutrition to ensure that we are hitting certain protein intakes um, to maximize muscle growth or muscle retention um, and to maximize sort of somebody's body composition, sort of how they look. As I said, like I've found you on Instagram, so obviously I've seen the pictures of you and you, you're extremely ripped so uh, <laughs> i just wanted to i just wanted to ask like are there any supplements that you're taking because obviously you do spend a lot of time in the gym right yeah in terms of supplements um generally you don't really need to take um, you can break it into two like you can break it into performance supplements and then your health supplements right um as a vegan you're definitely gonna want to implement a couple of health supplements to begin with um uh, you know, namely B12 is a big one that you're probably aware of already that you're not going to be getting through your diet and, you know, going to want to actually include um, as a supplement form. Um, sometimes vitamin D is important to implement as well if you're living in a country that is not seeing a lot of sun. Um, the Northern Hemisphere countries usually, uh, you know, so if you're living in the UK or if you're living up in Scandinavia or somewhere like that, you're getting, you know, three hours of sunlight in a day. Usually vitamin D is going to be important to supplement with. Um Along with that, uh, people do worry about the omega-3s as well. Um, so, you know, generally omega-3s are coming from your seafood, your fish and things like that. However, if you go directly to the source, so fish are going to be getting omega-3s from somewhere, right? They're getting their omega-3s from eating algae. So nowadays you can get algae-based omega-3 supplements in tablet form that you can purchase, and that way you're hitting your EPA and DHA, um, which are the... Um, the ones you're trying to hit for uh, omega-3s. However, you know, supplementing is not necessary with the omega-3s. If you don't uh, want to spend the money on that, you can include a lot more plant-based omega-3 sources such as chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts. These types of things are really high in omega-3s. Um, however, the source of the omega-3s is ALA instead of EP, uh, e, uh, EPA and DHA. So the conversion rate's not as high. Um, so generally, you're just going to have to eat a little bit more of those to to sort of cover your bases. But if you do the math right, generally, if you're having you know at least a tablespoon of chia and a tablespoon of uh, flaxseed, ground flaxseed per day, you're going to be hitting a decent amount of ALA to be able to convert into EPA and DHA, therefore covering your bases for omega-3. Um, so those are some, some of the big ones that we want to look at into the supplementing for health side of things. Uh, but then when it comes to the actual training and performance side of things, um, definitely if the goal is to be, as you said, as ripped as possible or you know gain as much muscle or even when you're trying to drop body fat, increasing protein is really going to help with that. And so I do use a protein shake, which I don't really consider a supplement. I just consider it a convenient way to eat food, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yes, it's processed, but it's a very affordable and easy way to get a higher protein diet, which we know is essential for maximizing our performance and results in the gym. Um, so I'll have a, a plant-based um, protein shake, which is a mixture of pea protein and rice protein. Um, so it's 70% pea and 30% rice protein. Uh, which is a perfect mix to hit a, 
uh, really good amino acid profile. And the, basically it's labeled as like a vegan whey protein um, okay. because whey protein has a um, specific amino acid profile that's really conducive to maximizing muscle protein synthesis. So when we combine the pea and the rice protein together, we get that same sort of result. So that's um, the ideal sort of supplement there for increasing protein. Um, and then along with that, I will take a creatine supplement every day as well, um, which has been shown time and time again. It's had a stack lot of research done on it to enhance performance in the gym, enhance muscle mass, enhance strength um, and endurance. So it's just a five-gram dose per day. Um, there's no really big side effects to worry about with creatine. Um, and it's also been shown uh, in, in, in some studies to help with cognitive enhancement, so your, your brain function, um, especially in the elderly populations as well. So some really good benefits from creatine as well. Um, but generally, that's about it. There's not too much else uh, we need to be looking at if you want to keep it super basic. Creatine, yeah. protein, um, and your B12, and you're usually going to be okay. All right, cool. Um Thank you. That's that's really great information, and that's kind of like a very good summary, I think, of what I mean. The other aspects of just eating that you may need to know if you want to go plant based. Right. Um, but for like, I mean, most people, even the, even if you go plant based, I think most people that do have like an interest in food already, maybe, or at least they're you know getting in there, they're finding out more about what they eat. Uh, but for the average person who doesn't really care about hitting you know a certain number, a certain like gram of protein each day, like can you just kind of describe or give an example of what a normal day of eating looks like for you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, that's the thing. That's not everyone's going to be tracking their nutrition to a, a high level. Um, so ensuring that we have some, you know, easy sort of um, – sort of like a skeleton of a diet to go off, right? So, uh, you know, your day wants to, you know, you want to be, uh, I guess, having regular feedings of, uh, of protein if, if that is your goal is to, you know, increase performance or increase your body composition, pre-body composition. Regular feedings of protein is, is super important. So basically, I, I structure my day around regular feedings of protein. So every sort of, Anywhere between three to four hours, I'll be having a meal of some sort of, of a protein-based meal. And I tend to just base my meal around where I'm getting my protein from. So, for example, a, a sample day eating for myself would be, first thing in the morning would be a, um, a bowl of oats with the protein powder I just mentioned mixed in with that. So, we call it proats. It's a protein oats mix. And I'll usually do half a cup of oats. Mixing the protein powder, I'll add flaxseed, I'll add blueberries, sometimes some peanut butter to that mix as well. Um, and that'll be the first meal. All right. And then I'll follow that up later on um, with probably a probably moving on to the lunch meal would be my next one, which is generally a, a meal prep meal that I've done on a Sunday. I'll prep a bunch of meals for the week ahead. Um, that way I don't have to worry about, you know, what I'm going to eat at lunchtime. I've got it there ready for me to go. Um, and usually that's going to be a legume-based meal. So I'll have a like a chili bean mix that I've made, um, sort of like a chipotle bean mix that I'll, I'll have along with some – I'll have like chaga broccoli with it, capsicum, um, um, some kind of green fibrous vegetables basically along with those, those beans. Um, that will be like a lunch meal. In the afternoon, I generally have um, – a kind of a, a snack or a protein, I guess like more of a protein snack. And this is probably one of my more processed meals of the day. Usually my afternoon meal would be, um, we have a cereal here in New Zealand that is a really high protein cereal. It's basically made from wheat. Um, it's called mm -hmm. Nutrigrain. I don't know if you had it when you came here. I know you've been to New Zealand before, but um, it's... Um, I don't think so. I uh, 
No, I, yeah. I when I was in New Zealand like two years ago, I basically lived off like cans of tuna. I had very little <laughs> money when I was there, so yeah, yeah, totally, man. And um, yeah, I mean, and it's it's like the good thing about the 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 cereal that I have is is it's you know one serving is eating eight grams of protein, so I have two servings of that, which is sixteen grams of protein. Plus, I'll add soy milk to it, so it brings me up over the twenty grams of protein mark for that meal. So a nice little sort of um, decently high protein snack, kind of processed, cool. Again, it's a plant-based diet, um, and it's predominantly based off whole foods. Um, so I don't have an issue implementing some of those slightly more processed foods into my diet if it's going to help me reach my targets for my macronutrients for the day. So I'll have that meal. I might have it along with another protein shake, or I'll just have the protein shake with a peanut butter sandwich or something like that, which is also another high-protein option. Um, so that'll be sort of an afternoon snack, and then we'll come up um, to the dinner time where I'll usually have a Buddha bowl style meal, which is just a, a, a bowl basically full of a whole bunch of different ingredients that you want to include. So you're looking at um, throwing in, you know, zucchini, broccoli, edamame beans. I might throw in some grilled tofu in there or tempeh. Um, I'll have a whole bunch of spinach. I'll have, you know, capsicum, just anything that I've got in the fridge, all fresh produce that I will throw into a bowl, throw in some hummus, and then you've got a really good high nutrient, um, usually quite low calorie density meal there um, with a high amount of protein as well. Um, and so that'll be my, my evening meal. And I'll usually finish the evening with um, another protein shake. And I'll either drink that or I will have it as a chia pudding. So I'll add the protein powder to almond milk with some chia seeds. So again, I'm hitting those omega-3s there. Um, and I'll make that into a, a, a protein pudding that I'll leave in the fridge to set and eat that later on as well. So generally, that's you know five to six meals in a day. Um, and that's just to optimize my protein feedings in the day. Um and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's generally my day-to-days eating. It'll change. It'll fluctuate all the time. I'm very flexible with it, but I want to have some kind of structure in place that I know, okay, cool. Every three to four hours, I want to be having some kind of protein feeding um, and ensuring that I'm hitting certain micronutrient targets as well. That's great. Thank you so much, man. Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I just graduated college like a couple of weeks ago. And before that, like school is obviously like stressful and with tennis and everything. So I've had very little time to kind of get into and learn new recipes so okay. I've, i don't know how like how much like chili beans i've had this the past like year like it's it's, it's insane yeah um but but uh, but i look forward to it in the next next year or something to learn learn some more recipes and because i mean everything you just described like every meal sounds uh, incredibly like <laughs> tasty so yeah um, that's a big thing is like you want the meals to taste good at the same time like i'm i'm the kind of guy that I'm more focused on, like, I mean, I love food and I love tasty food, but not all the time. Like, you know, there'll be certain meals I'll go out to a nice cafe or a restaurant for and I'll be looking to have a really tasty meal. However, most of the time during the week, I'm looking at my meals for what they're going to give to me in terms of the the macronutrient components and how that's going to actually affect my performance at the gym and how it's going to affect my body composition. Um, I do want to make them taste good, but at the end of the day, they are fuel for me. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, every meal, I say this to my clients, I'm like, every meal doesn't have to look like your favorite Instagram food blogger, you know, like it doesn't have to look super amazing and perfect and with the, the best toppings and all this kind of stuff. Um, as long as it has good flavor and it has a good macronutrient composition, um, just go with that, you know, and it doesn't have to be this, this super flash recipe that, you know, you've got from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So when I when I started getting into like veganism, one thing that I kind of 
promised myself because I knew that I had to in order to kind of be able to stick with it was that if I'm out at a restaurant, if it's my birthday or Christmas, like some holiday or whatever, I'm like, I'm not going to be too concerned about just eating. Like if, if I want to have a burger, then like, that's fine. Okay. Um, and I think that's, that's a good advice for anyone who, who wants to get into it. That like, it does, it's not about always being like a hundred percent. It's just about being your best kind of, uh, but are there any occasions where you do eat meat? Yeah, yeah, good question, man. And I think that's a good point is like a lot of the time with veganism, there is um, there's a lot of people that will have very hardline rules and barriers and sort of regulations around how they eat. And that's, you know, based off their moral convictions, which is totally cool. Um, and, and I definitely swing that way. However, at the same time, I, I understand that not everyone's going to get there. And the majority of people just need to know that, hey, look, if they have some meat or some dairy products or whatever it is on the on the off occasion that it's not the end of the world that they don't have to guilt themselves or shame themselves in relation to that um, and that they can just continue doing what they're doing eating predominantly a, a you know a whole food plant-based diet which in the long run is going to make the most difference um, as opposed to them sort of you know getting into psychological issues around shaming themselves over what they shouldn't have eaten so i think there's a really good point to bring up um but for myself i generally keep it pretty strict um uh vegan diet however the only things that i would include on occasion is uh for example we i was at a um a family friend's house just for new year's recently and the uh um their little lifestyle block they have there has a few paddocks there where they have some sort of free range chickens roaming around. Um, and I will eat those eggs, um, on occasion when they're available. Um, and I'm not huge on buying free range eggs from the supermarket because there's still, um, a lot of issues with the the term and what the chickens are subjected to and especially the um, I know if people are aware, but you know, even a free range chicken, all of the male chicks that are born into that industry are still um, slaughtered on at birth. So even if they're going free range, it still means that there's still suffering. There's still um, a huge amount of killing going on of all of the male chicks that are born into that industry. So it's not completely, um, you know, even though they're free range and they might be living a good life, it's not void of suffering for, for animals in the industry. So for me, if they, um, a lot of the, the uh, battery farm chickens or, you know, cage chickens and things like that, sometimes they will be put up for um, for sale at the end of their sort of lifespan for that uh, for that particular farm. Um, a lot of people will go and rescue those hens and then those hens are put on to um, local people's uh, livestock blocks, small farms and things like that, and they'll be left to, you know, sort of free range, um, live uh, you know, a pretty good life like that. And because they're just pumping out their eggs anyway, I would generally um, consume those if they're offered up to me. Um, and I don't have an issue with that. Um, and some people definitely would have an issue with that, but personally I find that's okay. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much that's about it. Um, I did used to do a lot of hunting when I was, uh, when I was younger before I, um, switched over to vegetarian and and veganism. Um, so, you know, in my first couple of years or my first year or so of, of being vegetarian and vegan, I was still consuming some of the meat that I had already, um, sort of, uh, had from my hunting days. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, there's not so much else that I will sort of include. Yeah. The book I mentioned earlier, Eating Animals, it's uh, 
the reason I'm bringing this up back up again is because you mentioned like you will eat the you know free range eggs eggs from like your friend's house if they're offered to you, um, right. and that's kind of kind of one thing I got from the book as well because he describes kind of like throughout the research process of writing that book he obviously visited a lot of farms out there, and uh, and then he he was kind of um, you know he he had been encouraging people to go vegan but then he visited this farm where this farmer was very he raised his animals, you know, uh, in a very natural way, and he treated them very well. And his philosophy was kind of like, I'm giving the, these, he raised cows, like I'm giving these cows like a good life. And then, um, yeah. you know, in return, they're just like providing me with beef. And that's one of my best friends. Like he's, he has a farm, I think has like, they have like 800 cows. And I know that I've been there a bunch of times and like, I've seen how they raise them. And it's, it's very, um, uh, they live very how do I put this? Um, they give them very good lives, basically. Mm, so mm. I, I, if I'm back home, like I don't have an issue eating beef from his farm either. But I, I, add, I would never eat like factory farm beef again. And that's right. something since since I got into like veganism and plant based, that's something. Every time I'm served meat, I'm more um, cautious and ask about like, oh, where's this from? Like, try to find out more about it before I eat it. Um, yeah, and I think that probably can be one of the arguments against veganism. People would like to say, "Hey, look, well, um, you know, if I'm eating uh, food from my my friend's farm, and I know how they how they raise, and that you know they're given the cushy life, and the the cows are massaged, and all this kind of stuff, and they you know given <laughs> given little houses to live in, or whatever the case may be, right?" Um, and they're saying, "Hey, look, like that's the solution. Like, let's just all go to you know small." individual farms where we look after our animals and things like that yeah. um or, or really when work. it comes to yeah when it comes to like you know grass-fed beef and free ranch chickens all this kind of stuff i'm like cool but if we're looking at sustainability for the long-term population of this earth there's no way that kind of farming can support nine billion people which is what we're yeah, predicted exactly. to get to in 2050 so it's not going to be a solution long term it might be cool for you know the odd person to live like that and have that but if we're trying to feed nine billion people there needs to be another solution and i think the best, best solution we have so far is a plant-based diet yeah that's a that's a very good point um i want to get in and talk a little bit more about your your um, your gym and your fitness business. Uh, oh. I I noted I noticed on your yeah because you have two Instagram accounts, one for yourself personally and one for the business. I noticed on the business one you wrote uh, in the bio it says inspiring smart fitness and a rad gym culture. Right. Um, so I was just curious like uh, what that means to you and if you encourage your clients to kind of go plant based as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, with the gym side of things, um, inspiring smart fitness and rad gym culture, that literally is just in relation to I want to – well, we created a place where we are big on – where we get information from and you know how we how we teach things and you know what what's it based on is it based on research peer-reviewed research is it based on meta analysis and things like that so the the smart fitness is all about that it's about basing our training protocols and our nutrition off the research and off the data and what actually works as opposed to what someone might read in a magazine or the latest fad diet or you know, their, what their friends said worked for them. It's um, what we promote is what is coming from the research and what is, you know, promoted in the evidence-based community. Um, so that's the smart fitness um, side of things and, and inspiring uh, uh, rad gym culture. 
our gym is a small sort of uh, local gym here that's all about the community. It's all about bringing in people and making them feel like they belong to something um, as opposed to, you know, most big health clubs, people go in, they put their heads down, they put their headphones in and there's no community and there's no, you know, most people feel very intimidated in that environment. Um, whereas our place is all about bringing together a small group of people and making them feel like a family. So, um when people come in here, it's a good vibe, it's good energy. We've got the music up. Uh, we're all there having a good time, training hard, training towards our goals, but we don't forget that it's all about enjoying that process as well. So um, that's, you know, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about rad gym culture. It's, you know, it's enjoying our training, it's enjoying what we do, and it's enjoying the people around us um, you know, that are doing it with us. Um, and then to answer your, the last part of that question is, um, do I encourage the members to try veganism or, or go down the plant-based route. Um, I don't specifically um, preach it to them in that sense. However, most of them know that um, I am a vegan myself and that I do, you know, think that is a, a great way for them to go and and say, um, well, in relation to that, you know, people will come to me asking, hey, look, you know, what's, what's some good ways to reduce the meat content in my diet or how can I improve on eating more plants in my diet, things like this. Um, so, you know, when I'm writing nutrition programs for people, you know, they will still, you know, if they're, if they're eating um, meat and dairy and eggs, then we will include that into their diet. That's their choice at the end of the day. But if they want to start including more plants, then I'm the one to, to help them with that. Um, but yeah, most people know that I'm, I'm vegan and they're very open to it and there is a lot of people here that are um, definitely progressing down that sort of that road towards a plant-based diet, which is super awesome. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day is just being around um, like-minded people that are going to influence you for the better and, and promote pro positive change. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that I can be that for my members and my clients. Yeah, that's, that's so cool, man. I mean, I've been, for my whole life, I've been like a part of a kind of athletic community through tennis um but now as i just kind of retired from the sport i'm kind of looking to join i i, I want to be at a gym i feel like where there's more of a community feel whereas yes. like the place i'm at right now here in um philadelphia and, and in new york soon um is is very as, as you said like people come in with headphones on including myself um but it would be cool to be a part of a smaller kind of community like like uh, like yours and Absolutely. um also and also, I think it's so great that there are people like you right now, because I'm, I remember when I got into it, some of the people that inspired me to kind of um, try veganism was like Rich Roll and uh, Simon Hill. I'm not sure if you know yeah. him. I saw that he follows Absolutely, you. Yeah. man. Um, because you, you, you guys are kind of, and obviously there are a lot of other good examples as well, but I think um, you guys are a good example of the kind of role models, like vegan role models I was looking for when I got into it, because you want to see someone who's like, you know, around your age, maybe who's like thriving, who's, um, you know, ripped or <laughs> whatever. Uh, because yeah. I think the image before that was kind of, you know, like vegan, like the image I got in my head was more of like, you know, old school hippie kind of type, you know, scrawny dude. Um, but I, I think it's great that there are people like you who kind of um, inspired that change in a lot of people. Um, For sure. And I, yeah. Um, awesome. I want to wrap up soon, but I just wanted to to see if there are any. Uh, well, first of all, I actually want to ask you about journey retreats because that's oh yeah. Find you. I just want to know like what your relationship was with that because I've been following it for a while. Yeah, man, journey was um, super cool. So, journey retreats is a um, a, re a retreat company um, that they do retreats in Bali, uh, fitness retreats. Uh, and I, I was looking to jump on a retreat earlier this year. I wanted to do a little trip away and get away for a bit and do a fitness-based retreat. And I was looking at some different options. Um, 
And then I also, you know, I, I've listened to um, Simon Hill, his Plant Proof podcast uh, for, you know, pretty much since its inception. Um, and on one of his episodes, he mentioned a retreat that he was involved in. And so I jumped on the link and found that, hey, look, this is a retreat happening in Bali. Perfect. Um, and it's a fitness retreat, even better. Um, and then he mentioned that he is partnering with Journey Retreats to make it a plant-based um, retreat. So they have they run a couple of these each year. They'll have a plant-based version of their normal sort of fitness retreat. And so I had to jump on that. I um, jumped in and we went over to Bali in October. Um, and just an incredible week surrounded by really like-minded individuals, people that you know you get along with really well. Um, you spend your days doing big group fitness sessions. They really work your heart into the training side of things. You have incredible food. Honestly, some of the best food I've had in my life. It's all vegan food, so every meal is a big smorgasbord-style meal. The chefs over there are just unbelievably talented when it comes to cooking vegan food. Um, and yeah, you're basically just sharing meals together. You spend the days... Um, in between training sessions and meal times, lounging by the pool, you can get a massage, you can go and train in the gym, um, you can go and surf. It's really do whatever you want. It's a mix. Um, I found it really beneficial for me, um, the mix of training um, um, events, like we did some seminars and workshops and little outdoor activities, um, but then the mix of that with the relaxation time, which I you know, tend to have to force myself to do is to take some downtime. Mm. Um, the mix of that was just perfect for me and honestly, one of the best weeks I've had. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend if anyone wants to jump on a journey retreat, it's, they have it in Bali throughout the year. There's heaps of them. There's another plant-based one happening in July, which I'm hoping to be over there again for. Um, so you can jump up to um, the journey retreats website and check that out. But, um, yeah, an incredible week. It's just, yeah, perfect, perfect uh, holiday away for myself. Yeah, that sounds amazing actually yeah. my uh, my brother my brother actually lives in bali and i visited him i've been there like i spent a lot of time there over the, a couple over my life actually um oh. but I, I i found it like a couple of months ago and it looks it looks awesome and uh you know i, th I think you should probably do like a similar thing maybe in new zealand yeah that would be cool as well um but all right to wrap things up like i just wanted to ask you are there any kind of last piece of advice you would like to share with people uh who are listening who are interested in transitioning over to a plant-based or vegan diet? Um, yeah, man, I guess like, I guess the thing to, to leave you with and leave your listeners with is like, it doesn't have to be about extremism or dogmatism and things like that. When it comes to a vegan diet, um, you know, take your time, move at a pace that you're comfortable with, slowly reducing uh, animal products from your diet. There's multiple benefits for that. Um, there's only really benefits and very little downsides to doing that. So it's all going to be positive change for yourself. And by doing that slowly over time, you're probably going to see that, you know, you'll open your eyes to other areas you can improve your life in. And, you know, and as we talked about before we jumped on this is that sort of self-improvement side and then improving your life and your lifestyle design and many different areas. So um, I think it's a, it's a journey for people and they need to take it at their own pace and whether they do it overnight or they slowly reduce, you know, one meal a week or have a meat-free Monday or, or they, um, you know, eat when they go out to eat or whatever the case may be for them but look it's all in the right direction it's all positive change um, and get around some people that are similar to you so you know some some friends that are open to trying vegan meals and get around some people that are going to encourage you and support you on that journey Very important uh, the big one is, is always encouraging people to find some kind of 
and for myself that's in the gym I'm that that's what i love to do every day um but for others it might be tennis yeah so what be for them it's getting out there and doing it on a consistent basis and moving as much as they can um, and they're filling their plate with as much veggies as possible it's always a good idea cool um, and do you have any books or website Instagram accounts or like other people besides yourself that um, you think people should check out um, oh yeah good one um, I actually just finished up the um, the Rich Roll book actually, which is a good one to go and check out if people are interested in um, sort of following Rich's journey, which is a really cool, yeah. really cool, inspiring. I have it read. right right here next to me actually. Oh, good stuff. Have you finished <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it earlier this year. It's really yeah, good. it's a great read. So Rich Roll is um, a really good one to look at, and obviously listen to his podcast as well, Rich Roll podcast. Uh, but I have to I have to recommend my friend Simon Hill. Um, plant proof podcast if people want to check out a little more in depth in terms of how to improve health and longevity on a plant-based diet and he covers a lot of good topics um, and then he's coming out with a book in 2020 as well which is going to be really a game changer for um, sort of an overview of um, your your overall health and how to you know sort of perfect that and improve that on a vegan diet as well um, so I definitely recommend those two um, resources um, there's a whole bunch more you can find online um if but yeah probably starting there is a good place to start yeah and i, I just saw like earlier that you shared um you just uh, put up a post on instagram with some really good advice for the new year so i uh, people should definitely check that out as well yeah and, for uh, sure. so wh and wh where can people find you or find out more about you yeah cool so there's a whole bunch of uh but you can find at the moment where our most active is on my personal instagram page which is just jackson.burton j-a-x-o-n.burton um it's a really good place to go and I, I tend to post up sort of you know it's just more of a personal page but you know a lot of that is revolving around fitness and veganism um however in about two or three weeks time i'm going to a separate uh, coaching business all in relation to training and nutrition for vegans vegetarians and the plant curious so that one's going to be launching in a couple of weeks um, you can go find the instagram handle it's vegan body coach sorry vegan body dot coach there's a dot between the body and the coach vegan body dot coach you can check that um we're going to be posting a lot about uh, improving body composition, training, nutrition on a vegan or a plant-based diet. Um, so that one's going to be a lot more active over the next few weeks. So um, yeah, either one of those is, is a great place to find me. Cool. Uh, yeah, and this podcast is going to be dropped on January 10th. So it's probably like a week following that or something like that. Yeah, perfect. Um, but, but thank you so much, honestly. I, it, this podcast is such a good excuse for me to just call up people like you because this is something I've... You know, you can find stuff online, but it's really much better to actually talk to someone or to listen to someone who knows a lot oh, about totally. it, who can explain concepts and stuff. So uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey, absolutely, man. We'll have to, um, if I'm over in New York in the next year or so, we'll have to meet up and grab some vegan eats, man. For sure, man. I've heard there are a lot of good places to go in New York. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I've yet to be there myself, but I know there's going to be some good spots, man. So we'll hit it up. Yeah, perfect, man. And uh, good luck with everything in 2020. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate the call. Is it really over? The echoes just seem to get longer. How do we get here? There was so much love in us. And all I have left is my faith that I can change. I can't watch this, but 
Now. 